Hi everyone, this is Allie Duff and I am your host for the Feeling Good Sometimes podcast. Throughout this podcast, we will explore honest, vulnerable, and unfiltered conversations with people who inspire me the most. These conversations will dive deeper into where our guests have been, how they got started, and where they are going. The topics will range from careers, starting a business, following your passion, living life outside of the culture's norm, and of course, my fave, mental health. The Feeling Good Sometimes podcast was truly created to remind you that it's okay if you don't feel good every single day. I surely don't. And of course, I am always here to remind you that you are never alone in your journey. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Feeling Good Sometimes podcast. It's obviously Allie here. Uh, so today's episode is with Lise Wilcox. And I've known Lise uh, for a while, actually. I did an event back in 2019 with my business, Pure Balance, right before the pandemic hit. Um, and she was a speaker at the event I did. And it's really cool to still have a relationship um, now almost four years later and to see how her life has evolved which we talk a little bit about in the episode we talk about what she does as her profession as a life coach but it's not the typical life coach that you may see we kind of dive a little bit into what is a life coach and also kind of the myth about life coach is but also how there's so many life coaches out there how do you even know what's the correct one to work with and um yeah so i'm really excited for you to hear this episode um and kind of to learn more about what she does but also i'm sure there's something you'll be able to take away from it which you should be able to in every episode so here is lise and i will see you on the other side Hi, Lise. Welcome to the Feeling Good Sometimes podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you. Nice to see you again. I'm really happy to be here too. Yeah. So we start every episode with asking, how are you feeling? So how are you feeling today? I'm feeling great today. Awesome. That's a pretty yeah. simple answer. <laughs> I, know. I know. Had you asked me a couple of weeks ago, you may have gotten a different answer, but today I'm feeling great. <laughs> awesome. That's so good. Um, I thought maybe you could do like a little intro about what you do, who you are, if people don't know who you are, because yeah. Sure. Um, so my name is Lise Wilcox. I am a stri- strategic life coach. And really what that means is that I operate a strategic life coaching agency. So mm-hmm. I do private coaching with people. I run a couple of different masterminds, um, usually for entrepreneurs, coaches, ambitious leaders. Um, I do public speaking. I've written a couple mm-hmm. of books. I host my own podcast. And um, really all of it is focused on like, what do you want out of this life and how mm-hmm. do we get you there? It doesn't mean overcoming self-sabotage. Does it mean overcoming a, a whole bunch of limiting beliefs or stories that other people told you about yourself to be true? What does it mean to get really in sync with the relationship you have with yourself so that you can be completely in a fl- in flow, in abundance, and, and genuinely the definition of success in each of those cornerstone relationships in your life? Mm, awesome. Um, do you want to touch a little bit on what kind of got you started into mm-hmm. this journey? Because I was like creepy on your website earlier, and it said that, well, you had mentioned that 
what you had learned in your life is kind of what pursued you in this direction. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Coles Notes version is that yeah. we went from childhood abuse to abusive divorce to breast cancer to single and solo <laughs> parenthood to building a multiple six figure business based mm-hmm. on based on coaching other women to how to come over, like overcome all those things in their lives. And again, truly getting clear on what is their vision for their life and what's the strategy that backs it up. So seven years ago, the story goes that I was lying in the, lying on the living room floor of this like perfect, this picture, perfect Mm. quote unquote dream life. And I remember just like looking around being like, Oh my God, like what the hell is wrong with me that this Mm -hmm. isn't enough for me. And I heard Mm. this little download of a voice that was like, nothing will be enough for you until you are enough for you. Chills. So many chills. Yes. (laughs) And that, that really was the catalyst of like, okay, Mm -hmm. so how do I become enough for me? Instead of focusing on the stuff or the people or the relationships, Mm -hmm. how do I actually become enough for myself and my own world? What does it even mean? Like, what does that look like? Mm, What does it mean? Exactly. We talk about self-love, but very few people, I think, talk about self-acceptance. So like, what does enough look like? What does true self-acceptance look like? And what does it look like in the face of adversity? So all of those experiences and this like masterclass on living a life in the last two years really create business evolved from a place of like, I think really searching for validation, like the Mm -hmm. need to be seen and heard to offering value, like massive value to other people's lives. And now really teaching people the tools of how I built that life for myself. In the last, gosh, year, um, I went from I went from publishing my second uh, best-selling book on a lot. It's called Alone: The Truth and yeah. Beauty of Belonging. So yeah. really going from this experience of like, what does it mean to feel alone in your intimate life, in your work life, in your parenting, et cetera to meeting my, like my person, the man of my yeah. dreams, we eloped a few months later, we blended our families on a family moon a couple weeks later. And we, yeah. had, we just bought a house after that. So like this year or 2022 for me, was certainly this culmination of all of these seeds of dreams I had planted mm. across business, life, relationship to self, family, et cetera. 22 is the year they really, they really came into bloom. Mm, that's so beautiful I know I've been like so excited following along because I'm just like because I I think we had connected maybe in like 2020 or 2021 about like feeling like single and Mm -hmm. feeling like that and you were just like I know like this annoying to say like it will happen when it's supposed to happen Mm -hmm. and I was like and then like now I get to see this happen with you and it's been really cool and it's yeah things it looks like from the outside things have moved like bam 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 yes. but when you explain it kind of saying like it's been seven years right since mm-hmm. like you kind of came into this realization like yeah I have this picture perfect life but actually mm-hmm. it's not it's not for me and I think mm-hmm. that it's so important for people to hear that because we're kind of in that society and that culture where we have these steps that we have to follow mm-hmm. we have these like visions of what our life should look like and we're just trying to like fit in and do whatever everyone else is doing mm-hmm. but most of the time when we chase these goals or these steps, I should say, mm-hmm. we get to the end point and we're like, okay, wait, what? Like I was mm-hmm. supposed to be happy. Like this is what I was supposed to do. And mm-hmm. most of the time it doesn't end up that way. Like we think we're supposed to follow these steps and we think we're supposed to have this like 
lifestyle and life mm-hmm. of what we're told that we have to do, but we're kind of coming into this. I don't know if it's just because of like, we're more on social media and we're seeing other people's lifestyles, but it's more like everyone seems to be not everybody, but there's a lot of people who are doing life differently. Like Mm -hmm. I've been like extremely invested in listening to this podcast about infertility and people freezing Mm -hmm. their eggs that are about to turn 35. And like, they're having a lot of people talk about like on there about start having a baby, just like, just as themselves. Right. Like instead Mm -hmm. of like waiting to find the perfect man and do it that way. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I feel like five years ago, listening to that, I would have been like, oh my gosh, that's like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not how you do it. But now that I'm like almost 30, I'm like, okay, like, I don't want to sit around mm-hmm. and wait, you know, it's, mm-hmm. so it's really cool that you've obviously put in so much work to get to where you are today, mm-hmm. but it's really cool to see how happy you are now and kind of like all these things that you envisioned or probably manifested and worked really hard mm-hmm. at have now like come to life for you. Well, and the other, thank you. And the great thing about it is that it is imperfect, you know, like yeah. I'm so proud of my business and it's not a perfect business. Like there's yeah. always, there's room for improvement and growth. Our relationship is so real and honest and it's imperfect. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's room my relationship to my kids, it's so strong and it's mm-hmm. imperfect, but mm-hmm. finally, you know, I think the gift of being in my forties, that finally I have so much perspective on like, because it's imperfect, doesn't make it not perfect. You know, like yeah. it's, it's so real. It's so honest. It's so human. Mm-hmm. And I no longer feel like I have to control it all mm-hmm. in order to make it good enough for me because yeah. now I feel like I'm enough for me. Right. Mm. Yeah, that's so what were like, can you give a little snapshot into like, what was the process for you to like, okay, so you're lying on your floor and you're like, oh my gosh, like this is not enough for me. And Mm -hmm. it's not going to be enough until I feel good enough about myself. So Mm -hmm. like where does just say someone's kind of in a similar situation or we're just like struggling with that. I really do prefer self-acceptance over Mm self-love because I think self-love is such a huge accomplishment to get to Mm -hmm. and there's so much pressure on like loving yourself and you'll feel good when Mm -hmm. you love yourself and you can't be in a relationship with someone else unless you love Mm -hmm. yourself but I mean this is just from my background with like going through eating disorder treatment and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. is that there's so much on radical acceptance like that's Mm -hmm. such a big thing in the therapy and just kind of accepting where you are in your life and your Mm -hmm. body and especially if you're going through all these different changes it's like instead of skipping straight to like the Mm self-love portion of life we need to kind of accept where we are in life, accept our body, accept mm-hmm. kind of like our living arrangements, like all these things that we can just accept and then kind of have like that grace of where we are, then it's easier mm-hmm. for us to kind of do the other steps. So is that kind of like what you worked at? There are so many different parts of us. So if we yeah. have one capital S self, yeah. that self is made of so many different other pieces and parts of us. So the, like the five-year-old self, the 10-year-old self, mm. the 17-year-old self, you know, so to be like, yeah, cool. I, I'm going to learn how to love myself. That's great. Mm. And it's a noble cause on this quest of self-education. But what it really means is, you know, I accept this part of me a long time ago that made a mistake. I accept mm. this part of me that put up with a lot of bad behavior because I didn't know any better. I accept this part of me that really acted out and did her own bad behavior that I regret. You know, it's like 
It's yeah. coming to terms with, I accept each of these pieces about myself or parts of myself. And when I can accept each of those parts and pieces, and I can, you know, practice the necessary forgiveness to allow those to feel like an integrated part of myself, instead of feeling shame or rejection mm. of those parts of myself, now I can start to really love myself in a more holistic way, right? So I think that the umbrella category for all of it, I know we used to call it self-help or personal development. Mm. To me, it's self, it's self-education. Mm. It's what yeah. am I learning about myself and how am That's I coming exactly to really it. know who I am? And so for me, that looked, you know, it started very traditionally with therapy. It was like, oh, yeah. so I guess I'm going to have to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, in my humble opinion, mm-hmm. talk therapy can only take you so far. And it's an mm-hmm. excellent gateway to kind of open the book. But yeah. then there are very specific chapters that I think need a lot of different kinds of modalities that most therapy and frankly, most therapists are not actually equipped mm-hmm. to heal through with you. And so for me, it was looking at, you know, blends of therapy and coaching or what kinds of okay. niche therapy could I get? You know, I had PTSD for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was like, how do I work with an EMDR trained therapist to like mm-hmm. really go back to those specific moments that cause these terrifying periods of anxiety uh, and then backing it up with really solid coaching, not surface level coaching, but somebody who would actually meet me where I was and helped mm. pull me forward, not only through healing modalities, but also like real deal strategy mm. to help, you know, understand, as I say, in my own business, like how to understand that your past informs your present, but does not dictate your future. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was really examining all of those stories, all of those beliefs, figuring out where they came from, kind of digging through the dirt to find that like, the origin of that vine, Mm. packing that vine dead and creating a new plant or planting new seeds to grow new stories, new beliefs, and therefore new patterns of behavior. And as I said, so all of that, it became kind of coupled with like a strong EQ and a strong intelligence and a love of learning and a love of sharing. All of that came together to really be able to teach people how to do that for themselves. Is it going to look the same as my own life? Mm. Absolutely not. But the human experience is so similar that I, it's such a joy to be able to help people figure out what their purpose is, how to execute it, and also how to heal from whatever has been stopping them from executing it in the past. Mm, yeah, I think it's that like self-education because mm-hmm. when you do go through a lot of therapy, most of the time you're learning how to be like really self-aware Yes, um, and that that learning how to be self-aware and especially learning like the awareness of just like your body especially when you're dealing with like Mm -hmm. stress stress and anxiety and realizing where you feel it and like what kind of sets it off Mm -hmm. like learning that is such an amazing tool to have and it's not it's not just like one that we develop overnight like you have to work very hard at it same with all these things that you just talked about I'm sure it took a while for you to Mm -hmm. especially going back and kind of like reframing all those mm-hmm. thoughts and everything when it comes to um, the old patterns that you have and those mm-hmm. limiting beliefs, because that's limiting beliefs are obviously such a big thing that set so many of us behind mm-hmm. or almost detibli- did. What's the word I'm trying to say? Debilitate. Yep, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> like where we where we're going and where we want to go, because it's usually like what's 
what's in our head that's pulling us back or holding us back, I should say. And the mm-hmm. limiting beliefs are like a big portion of that. Yes. And again, very few practitioners know how to work with the unconscious to actually address right. those limiting beliefs. Cause you know, we can use them really casually like, Oh, you got to overcome your limiting beliefs. Yeah. What we're actually saying is you need to go into the unconscious and figure out what are the stories and patterns and beliefs that make your unconscious feel like you're safe. Mm. So, you know, we learn these belief patterns. We learn these belief structures and value systems in very early childhood. And once the, it's like the brain is this freshly fallen sheet of snow in our Mm. earliest years of life. And we're just outside running around making little patterns or these Mm -hmm. little footprints in the snow. And once there's this like flash freeze, those patterns are kind of set. Those, those footprints are really set. And the brain loves it when we just do the same thing over and over again, because it feels easy and easy always feels really good neurologically. Mm -hmm. So we keep following those same pathways and footsteps we've always taken. And if we start to get off that path to do something new or to have a new belief system, our unconscious is actually designed to alert us to danger. So when we step off that path and try to believe something new, like, yes, I am worthy, or yes, I deserve to be loved, or love feels like this, or receiving an abundance and being paid what I'm worth feels like this, creating a life of my dreams, et cetera, et cetera. Your unconscious has the same reaction as if there's like a lion chasing you down or a creepy guy in an alley. So that's what like triggers. Yes. Like triggers those limiting beliefs to come up or like you're like question it, right? And it reverts you back to the old patterns because every time you do something new, if it's in conflict with those limiting beliefs, it's the same thing. It's the same fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Those unconscious responses that are like, you know what? It's actually not safe for me to, again, get paid more, be in a healthy relationship, speak up for myself. Mm -hmm. If that feels threatening to anything you've learned before, you won't actually be able to do it. So that really deep healing work can't be reached in talk therapy and it can't be reached by goal setting. It has to be reached at this deeper unconscious level to understand neurologically what has kept you safe and what has been the foundation of all of your thought patterns and behavior patterns moving forward. So interesting. So how do you tap into that? With somebody who knows how to do unconscious work. Yeah. Because it's, you, you can't override your own conscious brain into your unconscious awareness without guidance and facilitation. Yeah. So is it kind of like, I'm trying to even think how you would even tap into that. Like someone guiding you in there basically. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, when we do that work, it feels very meditative. Yeah. Somebody's asking you questions and, and really just taking you on this guided process. It feels really effortless and really easy and it creates massive shifts inside. And once that, it's like, I, as I said, it's kind of like it creates this new neurological and emotional sense of safety so that now you are mm. able internally to make new patterns. Here's the problem. Mm. That's pretty tough to market when you're like a mass market, you know, speaking at conferences or hosting weekend retreats. You can't really take people as individuals to that depth in True. those high, highly profitable, 
highly marketable moments. And mm-hmm. so what happens is that we've built this industry on here, just read this book or here, just come to my retreat. And you get this like hit of dopamine after reading it, mm-hmm. but then you actually quote unquote fail to execute that yeah. thing that's really been holding you back because nobody's actually teaching you how to do it. And so now you sign up for the next retreat mm-hmm. or you buy the next book or you take the next course. And it's like, no, stop. Those things are effective once you've done the 90% of the work underneath the iceberg that very, very few practitioners. And I have yet to hear like a mainstream, like a mainstream guru, quote unquote, talk about any of the unconscious work. It's so much more focused on just think about it. You got to will it to happen, make it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot to do with like manifestation right now and... I mean, there's always been a lot around like goal setting and mm-hmm. just kind of like routine based work, but yeah, there's not a lot. It's so interesting when we talk about like this kind of like when there's those big retreats and like coaching mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I've been listening to a lot of um, podcasts about or a lot of cult based yeah. work and a lot, a lot of cults form like from things yes. like that. Right. And it's just like. Yes. It's so, it's so interesting now hearing you talk about like this whole like area that's not even getting tapped into because yeah, you can't do it as a group. Like how can you You lead more than one person into their unconscious while focusing on another person? It's like, it has to be very individualized, right? And then the accountability gets put back on you because if you didn't achieve your goal, quote unquote, oh, then I guess you must not have wanted it enough. Mm. Or you didn't manifest it hard enough, or you didn't, you didn't truly believe it's like, yeah, no kidding. You didn't truly believe because there's actually an internal safety system designed to protect you from Mm. having that thing that you actually want. So it sounds kind of nuanced and it is, but it's like, that's why, that's why the really deep shadow work, unconscious work is so valuable because that is what actually creates long lasting change in people's lives. It's not the short flash in the pan. I'm just going to go away for a weekend or I'm going to take this online course that can take you a little bit of the distance for sure. And it helps in this process of self-education, but I will tell you from personal and many years of professional experience, if you want the long lasting change, you have to go much, much, much deeper than is mm-hmm. mostly marketed. Mm. So how did you even get started into that? Um, it started when I went to do my NLP training. So neuro-linguistic okay. programming and um, eventually ended up getting my master's certification in NLP as well. Okay. And, um, and, you know, I did a lot of trauma informed work with psychologists, mm-hmm. like doing trauma informed um, certifications. Yeah. So all of my education again, coupled with my own interest and like hobby yeah. reading or it, it started to form this paradigm shift of what it actually looks like to heal internally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't claim to be a healer, but my own experience has been like the tools that we've, we've been relying on are outdated. And mm. I don't know, from this gathering again, of material and information and education in my own practices, I found a way of really being able to deliver highly effective and results-focused strategy while also creating an internal environment that feels safe, integrated, and holistic to move forward with it. Mm, Interesting. So it's like there's not many people doing this? 
Is it because like they? Is it just because like you have to? Because it seems like what you did is a lot different than what a typical life coach would go through, right? Like I feel like there's a lot of like certifications that people can do, but then it's like they're done, right? They're like, oh, I have a certification, like I can be your life coach, and they're probably following like some manual or I don't know, like I don't know anything about life coaching, so I can't really speak. But it's just like there seems to be so many life coaches out there. And it's mm-hmm. like, how do you know who's right? And like, well, you're a former pro swimmer, right? Yeah. So it's like the difference between working with somebody who's, you know, who loves swimming and had a great experience swimming and is now like teaching people how to swim or coaching people how to swim versus somebody who's say like a former kinesiologist or physiotherapist or somebody who understands the core functions of not only the body, but the muscles and the ligaments and the fascia and like understanding how it moves as an entire system Mm. and like an, an ecosystem within that system. That kind of coaching for swimming is going to be so nuanced. It's going to be incredibly tailored to your own specific body, your physique. It's going to look at your nutrition. It's going to look at your mental and emotional capabilities. It's going to be so comprehensive versus somebody who's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm a great swimmer. I love swimming. And here's my instruction book on as to how to become a great Mm -hmm. swimmer. One, like you're still going to get something out of it for Mm -hmm. sure. If you take like the surface level, but if you want to become a pro swimmer or, you know, really fast, or I don't know a lot about swimming, so please forgive (laughs) my language. But if you really want to go deep with it and take yourself kind of all the way there, you have to work with a coach who knows more than the average bear about Mm -hmm. how your body interacts with the water. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference. We have a ton of life life coaches. There are always going to be great people in their profession. There are always going to be terrible people in their profession. Yeah. In my opinion, it's, as I said, it's even the, um, or especially the really mainstream guys that it's really difficult to hold space for somebody and take people on that individual journey. You know, that it's going to cost a lot to work with somebody privately. And if you're the, if you're running the business, well, it's probably going to make more financial sense for you to sell a smaller program. That's going to reach more people. Mm. And then, you know, they build their empires and they build their reputations from that place. But my question is always like, but how much space can they hold? Because how nuanced do they actually understand the individual versus here's the 10% I can apply to anybody and anybody can do this Mm. if they want a little bit of relief or a little bit of strategy or a little bit of information on how to set intentions, et cetera very, very few people are going to those deep spaces and actually helping people do the, the deep, uncomfortable, messy, Mm -hmm. often challenging work of coming to know who you are. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What are your values? What are your core beliefs? What are the stories that serve you? What are the stories that do not serve you? And what's your overall vision for how you interact with this life? That's a much different category of service. And I don't think a lot of people are prepared to to operate in that way as a business yeah it's completely it's like I mean I don't know if I'm like wording this correctly it's it's almost like my brain is automatically going like I'm thinking of a clothing brand right it's like fast fashion yeah. versus slow fashion like fast fashion Precisely. you're massive producing it like you're trying to just like it's profit right they don't care about anything yes. else they're just like the head 
CEO is banking. Whereas yes. like a little slow fashion brand over here, it's completely yes. different. Like they're focused completely. on everything, like the values, the missions, like who makes the clothes, how the clothes are made, all that yeah. where, yeah. So that's where my brain is going. And that's, yeah. it's totally true. Like we're, unfortunately, like <laughs> it's just kind of like way our world works with everything. It's like mm-hmm. people are going to gravitate. Up. Yeah. To the, the big thing because yeah. everyone's doing it and everyone's seeing what it, quote unquote does for them Mm -hmm. but usually those people have to keep going back and so I'm curious like when you work with someone in this work like if you're working with someone one-on-one what does that process look like like how long do you usually work with someone for I work with people one-on-one for a year my mastermind I I have a six-month intensive mastermind for coaches and uh, who want to build a, a six-figure to multiple six-figure business. And I have a 10-month mastermind called The Year You Stop Playing Small. Mm-hmm. And so different levels or different amounts of time, but each of them is pretty intense. Yeah, Each of them is a pretty amount significant of amount of time. And frankly, most of my private clients um, have worked with me for two, sometimes three years, because what happens is that in our process together, we get them from point A to point B and now they're at point B and they're like, okay, but now I want to get to point C. They want to get like deeper. Yeah. Yeah. And so not from a place of like, quote unquote, it didn't work or I didn't get the results. It's like, no, I got the results and holy shit. Now I want to keep building on that. And so then we take them to a different level. Um, and you know, it's, it's so interesting to kind of live at the edge of my own transformation while my clients are living at the edge of their transformation too. Yeah. Yeah. That must be like really interesting too, because it's not like you're just like going through life, like yada yada while everyone else is doing this work. It's like, you're also doing the work at the same time. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one-on-one is really special. I only take two or three clients on per year and we do like we have a call every other week for about 90 minutes to two hours. Um, we also do three full day breakthrough day sessions in that okay. time together. So we take like three entire days to focus on their relationship to money or the relationship oh, wow. to their business or the relationship, you know, to their family dynamics or mm-hmm. love and intimacy because it's all connected. Yeah. And so while I do tend to focus more on the business side as like, mm-hmm. cause that's what people really I think that's what people really want. They want to know like they can make this amount of money or they can have this degree of success in what it feels traditional to them. Yeah. And they don't, none of us really realize how impacted that is by our relationship to abundance and how our mm-hmm. money story comes from a sense of security or insecurity in our earliest mm-hmm. years and how that same level of insecurity and desire for safety is also acted out in our intimate relationship. So it's usually a Trojan horse. Like, yes, we're focusing on your business, but we take mm-hmm. so much time together that we can actually get this really comprehensive 360 degree look at your entire life and where those same patterns of self-sabotage or self-judgment or shame and resentment, how it's holding you back in mm-hmm. each of those cornerstone areas. Yeah, it's so true. Like what I've learned from the last like four years is that... <laughs> you you just think it's like a simple answer of like yeah. what your relationship is with your business but once you learn to like dive deeper you realize like especially if you're 
if you're running a business that's very much like solo or very built on like your your story or your life, yes. then it's very intertwined and you just learn very quickly that the way you think about everything else in life is what reflects on your business and then yes. reflects on you. So it's very true. Oh my gosh, I need to do this with you. <laughs> well, and when you've built a business that's based on your story, yeah, suddenly you have to stay very attached to the story so that your business can progress. And exactly. I experienced that so much in mine. It was like, yeah, how am I going to actually let go of this stuff if I have to sell the story, quote unquote, mm. in order to manage my business? And that that's another huge point of departure. So how do I let my story inform the business, but then let that just be a tool Right in how the business was built, but not have to use that same tool over and over again as I'm building this business forward to what it will be in the future, right? Yeah, because that you would have felt that a lot, I guess, with because it yeah. kind of built on like what happened pain. seven years ago, yeah, pain and <laughs> yes. then my illness, and then you're like, because I remember you were like, I used my chemo to write my book, and then it's yeah. like that was the story, right? And then it's like, okay, yeah. but how do I move forward from that? And yeah, obviously you have and you've written another book and then now look at what happened this year. So um, that's really cool. And yeah, that's a, I think a a point where people, I mean, I can speak for myself, you get stuck on that. Right. And it's like, how do I just like levitate that, but without it like taking over and like, like become your identity, I should say like your identity, that's what it is. Right. Like your identity gets very wrapped into, I mean, it can be anything like you don't even have to have mm-hmm. a business like um mm-hmm. it can be wrapped into like being a mom or yes. your job or just or being a caretaker of your yeah, parents yeah yeah like anything to do with that degree and then it's like okay well who am i without that and most of the time it's hard for us to figure that out well so the mastermind that i run in the fall the one that goes from september to june um that's kind of where that was born from it was like okay. oh man where we play so small in so many aspects of our lives. And we think then the opposite of that is like, okay, I got to play so big. I got a dream so big. Like it's got to be so big. It scares me. That's not true. The Mm -hmm. opposite of playing small is expansion. So if we feel kind of stuck playing small in our business, you know, as we were just saying like, okay, this story has defined my business. How do I expand beyond that? How do I allow myself to take up more space beyond that by looking mm-hmm. at all the thick all the um the factors that have kept me in that space right yeah. so i have a whole mastermind designed around this for a reason because mm-hmm. every entrepreneur i know especially female entrepreneurs dwelling in this space everybody feels the same way everybody has had that experience or is having that experience especially post covid you know mm-hmm. and it's like all right Here's the dream. Here's how I reiterate. Here's how I reiterate the dream or reinvent it. Oh my God, I'm burning out. I feel so much overwhelm. I can't be present in any one thing in my life. So that's making me feel like I have to play more small to keep myself feeling safe. So I offer this program for people who are like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this, but I know that I'm ready to get out of this. And then I take you on this journey of true expansion in Mm -hmm. literally every aspect of your life. Yeah, that's so right. I didn't even think about it like post COVID, what mm-hmm. that's done to us. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause we are like burnt out. Like the uh, last completely. couple of years have been insane. And it's just like, 
and it was predominantly female business owners, not predominantly, but female business owners were hit particularly hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of women who were raising a business and raising a family at the same time, a lot of those women put their business on the back burner or their career mm-hmm. on the back burner and went back to focusing on the family. And so, so many of those women have now had a two-year hiatus from being able to predictably build their own career or business. And the ones who kept doing it all are just so fried because mm-hmm. they, they never got that, that downtime or the break of like trying to manage two impossible situations at mm-hmm. one time. And so they just kept going. Yeah. Everybody is exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> we all just need to catch a break. Like, I know, I know. fortunately life just keeps going. So we don't have that option. Well, and that was another, that was another huge reason that I went from working with like 10 private clients in a year to like two or three okay. is so that I would have the bandwidth to do a group program. So like yeah. transfer those people into a group who then also get this sense of community mm-hmm. who are like, Oh man, I must be the only person feeling all this shame and resentment and mm-hmm. guilt and fatigue. And like that I'm screwing up all the time. It's like, Nope. Let me put you in a community of women who are also like really ambitious, really focused, really intention centered and conscious about their work who feel the exact same way that you do now. And how can we, you know, go through that expansiveness or like really focus on how we want our business to look and feel while also creating this beautiful, sacred community of people who are there cheering you on mm-hmm. and, and you know, share celebrating you when you fly and catching you when you fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that's the biggest piece that, I mean anybody wants in life right is mm-hmm. to feel connected and to feel less alone it's just completely like, and, it's such a gift yeah and we just like i feel like women feel it more than men i mean i just think we do in general because we're but, trying but to do so many things and it's just like yeah we we think we're the only ones mm-hmm. that whatever we're going through that we're the only person and it's just like well i shouldn't be feeling this way because no one else does yeah. but it's like no and men relate to one another differently, right? Like yeah. typically men relate more through camaraderie. So like, how can we get together and do this thing? Yeah. Doing this thing together makes me feel connected to you and like makes me feel like really grounded in my divine masculinity. Women tend to, and again, these are like sleeping and binary, like yeah. um, uh, judgments but, or stereotypes, I guess. But um, women tend to, like want to go to the fire and gather by the fire and share and be seen in that mm-hmm. way, right? Like, let me mm-hmm. share my experience, but also let me share in your experience. What do I have to learn? What do I have to teach? Exactly. Yeah. If we could all just like move that way in life, that would be, like, <laughs> everyone would feel so much better about themselves. <laughs> well, and that's why it's so important to, you know, to create those, those, pockets of community because Mm -hmm. you know you mentioned it earlier that we're so drawn to social media we have access to one percent of millions of people's lives without Mm -hmm. ever truly feeling a deep connection to them based on anything that's substantial or real and so it's like well so how do I shrink like instead of we've been talking about scaling up like we've you know fast fashion it scales up you know social or self-help gurus quote unquote they've all scaled up but what you and I are talking about is scaling down 
Like, how can we create not a group of a million people that we're connected to, but like 10, <laughs> like yeah. how can we get five yeah. people that we genuinely share a connection with and foster those relationships and invest in those relationships and take our energy that we have been giving to a million people by scrolling through and through and through mm. and redirecting it to focusing on like five to 10 people that we know, we feel seen by, we, we trust, we can be vulnerable and honest with and have a generate, um, genuine sense of shared connection and belonging. Mm, that's so right. Like every time you're scrolling on social media, I feel like it's so much about like, be careful who you follow because then you're taking in their energy, but also yeah. remember that you're giving out your energy anytime that yeah. you go on there to see what yeah. other people are doing with their life because usually it's like oh you're having that conversation with yourself of kind of like the mm -hmm. imposter syndrome takes over or yeah. whatever it may be when you're seeing like the snapshot of someone's life yes and I can tell you like everybody feels some degree of imposter syndrome and it's so yeah icky because we think we're so alone in those feelings right and then again you know you get people together in a trusted safe mm -hmm. um, sacred group and it's like oh you've also felt imposter syndrome or you don't feel it right now but you feel it two months from now everybody's there to be like mm. yes I see you and I feel you and we're here to support you through this or mm. um I felt like that in the past and here's how I moved through it or here how here's how I processed it and channeled it into something else right yeah it's and this is why, you know, if it were easy, everyone would do it. This is not easy work. The The specialties that I have in life, it is not for everyone. In fact, yeah. it's not for most people. Mm -hmm. It's for a fraction of the population who are so committed to truly living their mm -hmm. lives that, that they're prepared to go all in on themselves. They're prepared to... Mm -hmm bet on themselves they're prepared to trust themselves and they're prepared to take themselves through that through that process or through that transformative journey to arrive at a, a different way of doing life mm -hmm. contrary to the the checklist that we've all been sold as the one that we're supposed to follow yeah yeah it's so correct it's I always kind of look at it like there's two versions of life one is yes. like like, I don't know if it's right to say this, but this is just how like my mind works. It's like, there's the safe version where you're following mm -hmm. like those boxes and you, you have the nine to five, then you have your weekend and then you work mm -hmm. to get your 401k or pension plan. And then you're retiring at 55 or whatever it is. I don't even know. Cause it's not going to mm -hmm. happen for me. But, like, <laughs> And then there's the other kind of life of which like what we're doing, right? Like you have your own business and you're, I don't know, half the time you're like scrounging for whatever it is, but it's <laughs> yes. like people can only go one way. And it's usually mm. once you're on one side, it's really hard to go back to the other side. Well, and I'll tell you as somebody who has um, a few more years of age <laughs> than you do, that, you know, I meet people in their 40s, 50s, and 60s who have gone through that checklist of what it means to yeah. be traditionally successful. And they get to the end of it and they have that moment of like, yeah, is this it? Like, I thought mm. this would feel differently. And then they want to go back in and be like, so what did I miss along the way? Like, mm. which elements of fulfillment and richness did I not get by doing it the way everybody told me I was supposed to?
in the way that I told myself I was supposed to, right? Exactly. Yeah. So listen to your gut because sometimes <laughs> it will turn you in a different direction, but most of the time it's the best one for you. A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's a good spot for us to end a conversation. Um, but we do finish on a little bit of a rapid fire. Okay. So I have five questions um, and kind of just like whatever comes up, let it be. Um, I'm ready. Okay, cool. So your first question <laughs> is, what is something that you do that makes you feel good? I, I love watching TV. Yes. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, me too. TV a, time at the end of the day makes me feel great. <laughs> yes. I'm literally like a TV addict. I call myself a TV <laughs> whore, even though that's not correct to say, but if I were, if I could, I would watch TV all day, every day. <laughs> not easy to find the people who also like that. <laughs> I am one of them. <laughs> yes. um, okay. What is something that you value? Mm, integrity. Mm, that's mm -hmm. good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What is something that you want to let go of? Oof. I would say resentment is coming up. Resentment to... I will say a couple select people from the past that I haven't okay. fully, <laughs> fully forgiven yet. <laughs> yep. Uh, what is something you're currently working on? So it can be like career, personal, whatever. Currently I am in the process of just re re explaining my business. So I think kind of okay. formalizing that, but I'm also finally in a place where I'm able to look at um, food and nutrition as okay. a part of my own holistic growth and development. Awesome. That's great. Um, and the last one is how do you want to be remembered? Mm, that's a great question. Mm -hmm. I feel like I want to be remembered for somebody who really walked the talk and okay. who, who was intentional about showing up, being her genuine self, and was kind of fun to be around. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I think you're doing that. So thank you. <laughs> um, before we say goodbye, where can everyone find you? How can people work with you? Where can they buy your books? Like, give us all the plugs. It's all at leeswilcox.com. So L-E-I-S-S-E-W-I-L-C-O-X.com. Um, my podcast season three is coming out in 2023, and it's called Unstuck Yourself. So that'll Ooh, be nice. available. But same thing. All both books Everything are on the website. Will be mastermind information, private coaching, public speaking information, all of it's on the website as well. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be on here. It was such a good conversation. And I know so many people will take something away from this, I'm sure. So I really appreciate it. That's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on. You're welcome. Well, I hope you loved today's episode with Lise and you were able to take something away. As always, if there is something that really, really resonates with you, I would love if you could share. You can subscribe and rate and review the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you uh, listen to your podcasts. But something that was really important for me when listening to this, I think, was kind of the conversation we had about loving yourself, self-love, 
but it kind of twisting it into learning to accept yourself um, because I do feel like self-love is such an overused topic now it's not the same as what it used to be I feel like it's very much like a hashtag that people throw on and learning to accept yourself and then as Lee said learning to accept certain parts of yourself that maybe you didn't necessarily love in the past or you felt bad about or certain parts of yourself that made mistakes like in that aspect is really powerful so I hope that that also resonated with you but yeah I hope that you love today's episode and I, of course, everything will be linked below if you wanted to connect with Lise or work with her. She truly is so amazing. And I will see you all next week. Bye.